What's up, hockey fans, and welcome back to the Good Gold Podcast, episode 18. I'm Christian Brady here in Foxford, Massachusetts. That is Matt T.R. Matt, tell them where you're at. I don't know the actual town. I'm in Fishersville, Virginia. Fishersville, uh, Virginia. I knew that. I think it's like town of a thousand. It's it, Honestly, it's Hockey Town, USA. Um, oh, awesome. Closest rank is about two hours, so. <laughs> yeah, so it qualifies, right? Yeah, we love our hockey at Fishersville, Virginia. I think I was the only kid in high school that wore jersey. Me, Will, and my brother. So yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Yep. So Matt, how you been? How's your summer? Good. Um, went golfing this morning. Played horrible. Uh, I was texting and complaining to you most of the morning. <laughs> um, summer's going good. I'm I'm ready for things to go back to normal, but I don't see that happening in the foreseeable future. Unfortunately, so. Yep, match that. I think that's uh, where everyone's at right now. Classes, update on both of us. Classes were supposed to start the 19th of August. They technically still do, but online. Um, Christian's stranded. Is that the right word? I don't think that's the right word. Stuck in Massachusetts until September. Sure. Yep. Uh, you're not stranded, but you were looking forward to coming back as you live on campus, so. Uh, yeah. um, that's been pushed back three weeks, so we're uh, we'll keep y'all updated. But... So we'll see. I know. I don't expect that to stay the same. I mean, there's going to be some development. Who knows what it is? But whatever, yeah. we'll roll with the punches. You know, so yeah. Do so. We'll keep it in the Clemson circle. Uh, Clemson club hockey, the SECHC, the the head leaders of the conference we're in where ACC had everything but hockey um they've postponed the season till January 2021 that's the start so yeah, uh, it's a shame but like I said to you with nobody really having any idea especially in the south how things are going to develop in the next month or so that was probably the safer move because at least one or two or three teams wouldn't have been able to start on time no matter when they started it yeah so yeah, um, the way it goes. I texted JVL, Jacob Vanderlees. He's the president of Clemson Hockey. He texted me and said, I don't know if you saw the announcement from the conference. Um, I said, yeah, I just saw it. And then he said, it's for the best. Um, uh, this is kind of under the radar, but everybody that listens is loyal fans. Um, I, the word around the block is all fall club sports is probably going to be canceled. So, um, yeah, I would have expected that, which stinks for you. Cause you're on the club golf team as well. And they were looking to go three national championships in a row. Right. So. right. Yeah. I mean, if any of them do it, I'm sure it would be us because it's the only facilities that are open for sports are golf courses. Yeah. So you're right. Like I just said, I mean, it's likely that a lot of us won't even be there on time. So it stinks. Um, they wouldn't be able to do it. At face value, it stinks because I was looking forward to both of us uh, being able to build our tapes. Um, I mean, for us wanting to go into sports broadcasting, that is our resume. Yeah. Uh, connections and how we sound on tape. So, but we're going to make the best of what we have, and uh, me and you are the, we're the goats. So we'll figure it out. Yeah, we are the greatest of all time, undisputed. Yep. All right, and on a lighter note, let's get to some NHL. 
Yeah, finally. I mean, NHL is all good news. We didn't even put this in the script, but we're talking about Corona, so why don't we start first round of testing as they entered the bubble, and all 4,000 tests were negative. Awesome. Unbelievable. Yep. Unbelievable. So, awesome. Everybody goes into the bubble without getting it. So, with the controlled, you know, measures that they're taking with quarantining and everyone coming into the bubble, which is a low number of people, um, that start was probably the most important number that we got. So hopefully from there they can control it. The MLB has been having problems. They do it a different way than the NHL is going to do it. So I say that it's completely – I don't think anything that the MLB does is going to affect the NHL. I mean, right now 20% of the league is out because of concerns. Either yeah. they have positive tests or they've played teams that have positive tests. I don't anticipate the NHL being like that. Um yeah, they started with the the number of zero, which is awesome. So hopefully it can stay that low. and Hopefully no wrenches are thrown into the works and we can do everything we're planning on doing. So that's an interesting thing because if all the – if none of them were false negatives, then it's a – they're in a bubble, which means right. nobody in, nobody out that doesn't have it, right? Yeah. I mean – so people that leave have to quarantine. I, I think starting with the number zero is unbelievable, one, just to accomplish that feat. And two, this should be green light all the way until the end of the season, um, theoretically. Yep. So uh, I also want to point out, like you said, the MLB is nuts right now with all the Marlins players testing positive. Um, they're not in a bubble. They travel. Uh, the argument for a bubble for the for baseball was thrown around. It was thrown out pretty quickly from what I heard, all the sources mm-hmm. on ESPN. But they had a full regular season to play. Right. NHL's just playoffs. That's, I mean, right. That's you, the you difference. Have, and NBA is the same. You have nine weeks compared to five months away from family. I, so I'm not – I'm mad at the MLB for the decision they made, but this is the this is the consequences of the decisions that were made. Exactly. Um, yeah, you knew that this was a possibility. I mean, if you have to do it like that for the NHL and ML and NBA, they have control over the players to some extent. Yep. NHL is even stricter. They're fining people up to five hundred thousand dollars if they leave without permission. And which, in that way, you have control over the players for the MLB. They basically just have to trust that the players are being responsible. They don't test every day. They test two to three times a week, as as far as I know. That's what I read when the plans were, um, you know, given out. And they play more often than two to three times a week, which means yeah. that they can sp- get it and spread it before anyone even knows. So they just have to trust that the players on their own time are being responsible, which probably is the case for most of them. But unfortunately, there's no way it's the case for all of them. Yeah, uh, $500,000 is a lot of money in the NHL because they don't, they don't have NBA contracts. No, they uh, don't. And I'm going to go on a little rant here because ESPN, they're talking about basketball's back. Bas- Hockey's been back. What, where's the hockey coverage? Uh, I don't see it on Twitter. I don't see it on ESPN. I got on my ESPN app last night to check the score of the Red Sox-Mets game. Go Mets, by the way. Um, and... Not one NHL exhibition game shows up on my 
like timeline. ESPN, it's ridiculous. Um, I've given up on ESPN's hockey coverage altogether. All so that situation that you just described, I'm sure won't ever happen again for you, but it doesn't happen for me because I don't even try. I just think they, all, this whole talk about how well the NBA's done, um, that's all they've been talking about is the NBA's been doing it really well with their bubble. The NHL's done it better. The NHL has been the number one league when it comes to the coronavirus. Like we mentioned at the start of the show, zero positive cases is an unbelievable accomplishment. And it's not being on, talked about enough. You're right. And on top of that, they were the first to get their plan agreed upon. And they went above and beyond and planned out the next six seasons during yeah. this time. I mean, yeah, you're right. The NHL has handled it better than anybody else. And no one ever talks about it. Um, and it's not just ESPN, it's Twitter. It's, I saw a tweet the other day. It said Adam Silver is by far the best commissioner in sports. And, I mean, I, everybody has their opinion. But when we're talking about coronavirus and actions and getting things done, as much as we rag on Bettman, he's done an unbelievable job. And throw in the fact that we've complained about NHL players not being able to play in the Olympics. That was really our only gripe. He got that done. During a global pandemic. I mean, right. unbelievable. Yeah, say what you want about uh, Bettman, but he's earning his salary right now, definitely. Because Absolutely. Because he handled this unbelievably. And I, I don't want to eat my words in a couple of weeks if this all falls apart. I'm praying that it doesn't, but, you know, we'll see. Yeah. So, um, I guess what all this boils down to is Bettman's done an unbelievable job. Hockey's back. And the NHL is ahead of everybody else. Um, when it comes to sports to, in the mm -hmm. pandemic. so Hockey rules, man. Hockey rules. That's right. Okay, so let's start with awards finalists. We talked about a lot of them. I'll just run through them real quick. Okay. Ted Lindsay is Leon Dreisaitl, Nathan McKinnon, and Artemi Panarin. The Ted Lindsay obviously is the most valuable player as voted on by the NHLPA. Um, Calder Trophy, Rookie of the Year is Quinn Hughes, Kale McCarr, Dominic Kubelik, who I literally didn't even hear of before this awards came out. So, I mean, unbelievable oversight on my part, calling myself a hockey journalist in some fashion of the word, and I don't even Which, know who that guy is. if you look him up, the year he's had is pr a pretty good year. He has 30 goals in 70 games. So He plays in an underwhelming Chicago team. Yeah. So. Okay, so Jack Adams Award, which is the best coach, is Cassidy, Tortorella, and Vigneault. Uh, so those are the ones we talked about. These are the ones that I want to focus on more today. Okay. The Masterton Trophy, which is the award for perseverance, sportsmanship, and dedication. It's commonly known as, like, Comeback Player of the Year, Comeback Player of the Year Award, you know, something like that. Sort of best story. Um, Stephen John, Oscar Lindblom, and Bobby Ryan. Uh, Bobby Ryan struggled with substance abuse, mental health, all that sort of stuff. And he's come back, um, hopefully, cross my fingers, has made a uh, full recovery from all that stuff. Played this year. I think he scored like three or four goals in his first game back. So unbelievable story on that part. And also just the quotes coming from him are like the kind of quotes that make you so happy to be a hockey fan when he was like, I can't believe I ever took playing for the NHL for granted. That was one of the first things he said after his first game back. So, I mean, he's in my good graces from that. Oscar Lindblom, who is just signed a deal, he 
was diagnosed with, I think, leukemia, some form of cancer over this season and has battled, like, amazingly. He was able to skate this past week. I don't think he's going to play for the Flyers in the qualifying round or anything after that, but I know he just did sign a big ticket with them, so good for him. And as far as Steven Johns know, Johns goes, Matt. I don't know much about his story. I don't know if you do. I don't. I, I know a lot about Bobby and his story, and uh, don't. I don't want to feel like we're we're picking favorites between these three, but that's my vote to win it. Um, just because I know his story better than the other two guys. So. Mm. Mm. Okay. Well, we can move on for now. I'm sure we'll get more covered into that as they're ready to pick the awards. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about that, but just as far as, you know, in the interest of time, because I know we got a lot to talk about later. Let's talk about the lady Bing trophy, which is as quoted from Wikipedia, the sportsmanship and gentle, gentlemanly conduct at the highest level of play. Uh, that's Nathan McKinnon, Austin Matthews and Ryan O'Reilly, all guys who have a reputation of being like that. So that's not always the, award that you really want your guy to win it's kind of just like one of those things that comes and goes but I feel like most stars in the NHL have that sort of disposition so it's great to see that that caliber of player up there in, in that conversation yeah um the, I think Joe Thornton was a finalist last year I don't know why he stuck out in my head I can't even remember who won it last year but um, how I took it was it's like the guy who exemplifies hockey on and off the ice. Um, so for me, that's Austin Matthews. He lives, breathes, eats, sleeps hockey. Um, and, and people that don't even watch the sport know who knows who he is. Uh, right. So uh, that's, that's who I got. I, I, is that what we're doing, picking winners? I wasn't picking, but I, I value your opinion. Matt. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's my take. Although okay. – I love yeah, I Nathan agree. McKinnon because I love both those guys. Yeah, he was my pick to win the heart at the start of the season. So Ryan O'Reilly is on the Blues, so yeah. I have nothing to say about him. <laughs> I know he's a good guy. I don't really care though. Uh, I do want to point out that he was not that good in Buffalo. Yeah, I mean, true. he was all right. He was good. He was good. That's what I'm saying. Obviously, yeah. Goes to the guys. and he wins the con smite. Right. Right. So Okay, that's in a trophy. Best goaltender. Connor Hellebuck, Tuka Rask, Andre Vasilevsky. Um since you were giving picks, I'll give my pick. I think it's Tuka Rask, through and through. We talked about all season about how it was a two horse race between Tuka and Darcy Kemper, and then Kemper went down in what was it? January or February yeah, with an injury and hasn't played since. So just, I mean, I know I'm biased, but I think Tuka runs away with this one. Um, I, unfortunately, since you being a Bruins fan, I gave you a hard time about it. Uh, here are my thoughts. Vasilevsky won it last year. He shouldn't have won it last year. It should have been Ben Bishop. He was on a team that broke regular season records and had the number one and number like four scorer in the league on his team. Naturally, you're going to get wins that way. Uh, he, to me, he, there's a lot more goalies that are more deserving to be on this list than him. Now, with that being said, 
he he's going to go down as a Hall of Famer. He's an unbelievable talent. So that that's my take on Vasilevsky. Connor Hellybuck is consistently top three most underrated goalie in the league. Definitely unbelievable for Winnipeg. He doesn't get the credit. He's the reason they went to the East, uh, Western Conference Finals the year Vegas went to the Stanley Cup Finals. He's unbelievable. Now, Tuca should win it because he's been the backbone of the team. Uh, when, they've, when their top line, which is the best line in hockey, Bergeron, um, Marchand, and Pasta aren't playing as well, you need, that, you need the goalie to be a brick wall. And he's been that all season, regardless of how well the offense has played. Tuca's been unbelievable, and he's my pick for the veteran. Yeah, he already won. I'm blanking on the name of the trophy, but it's the trophy for the best goaltending tandem in the league. Um, him and uh, what's his name? Yara Hawak. Yeah. It's been a while. It's been a while. We're still rusty. It's exhibition for us, too. Yeah. And him and. <laughs> but yeah, those look it two up. goalies. They won. Um, they won that trophy for. Uh, they had the lowest goals against in the league. The uh, fewest goals allowed. The William Jennings Trophy. That's what it is. Halak and Rask won the Jennings Trophy because they allowed the fewest goals. Um, yes. Not to mention the. I don't want to say Riverwood Gamble, but the high flying style that the Bruins play needs a good goalie in, in the net because the are the defense are encouraged to take chances. Yeah. We have a lot of offensive defensemen. So in that way there's a lot of odd man rushes that just have to be stopped by Tuca and more often than not they are. So I watch Tuca all the time. So obviously I think he's gonna win just because he impresses me a lot. Uh credit to the other guys. I mean Vasilevsky being even nominated for two years in a row, even if you think he didn't deserve it for two years doesn't matter it's still well and and that's kind of my point like i i sound like i'm contradicting myself but he he's an all-time talent the reason he won it last year is because he was on a team that was so good i i think the ben bishop deserved it more um and this year it's a little bit different because the lightning didn't play as well but he was still the same goalie so i think he's he's gonna go down as one of the all-time greats I just think that he's getting a, a little bit more credit than other guys such as Helia Buck, who to me has played just as well, and I don't remember a time where he's been a Vezina finalist. Yeah, that's a strong claim from you. All-time great. He's pretty young, but we'll see. I mean, how old is he? Ben Bishop was a member of the Lightning how many years ago, and that's when he started when he was traded to Dallas. Um, he's got to be in his mid-20s. That's what I'm saying, but he's already played in the cup final in 15 mm-hmm. since Ben Bishop went down. And he, he's consistently made, he, what, two out of three Eastern Conference finals. He's already won a Vesna and a finalist for another one. I mean, he's on track to be an all-time great. Definitely, yeah. Him and Hellebuck, both young. Tuka's, I don't want to say getting up there, but he's approaching yeah. the end of his career. So. Hellebuck, you mentioned Ben Bishop. Hellebuck, I always think of as a Ben Bishop type, him being just a big – I mean, I don't even know how tall he is, but I know Ben Bishop is 6'8", and Hellebuck might even be bigger than that. But he's just like the classic big guy who's meant to play goalie, and he just does it well. You have to have yeah. good hands at that level, and 
I don't know much about him, but obviously unbelievable goaltender and very young. So yeah, it's exciting for the league for those two guys. Tukaras, I think, is the winner. He's the eldest baseman of the group, and that's my two cents. There you go. That's what I'm I want. with you. Selkie Trophy, the best two-way forward. We got another Bruin up for this one. Who I think he's been in it for the last seven years. He's been nominated, which automatically makes him a first-bout Hall of Famer, in my opinion. Patrice Bergeron. But he's in there with Sean Couturier and Ryan O'Reilly. Selkie's just one of those awards where there's not many stats that you can look at and say who won, who won it. To be nominated for this one is just like, I mean, that's the award to me, you know? to be in a um, conversation for an award like this where it really seems not arbitrary, but it's so hard to pick a guy who's the best two-way forward because it's really just a reputation thing, you know? Well, it's not on the stat sheet. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, who are you going? Patrice? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't know if you said it. I was trying to – I lost the script, so I was trying to pull it up. But, um, Couturier, he's – like you said, it's a, it is a reputation thing, and he has the reputation of being a great defensive forward. Right, but he's the guy that's building it. The other two guys are the ones that have had it for the longest time. O'Reilly and Bergeron are the Selkie guys, you know? That's well, Bergeron, I think this is his ninth nomination, and he's been in the league 10 years. Uh, they got a name at the Bergeron Trophy. After it's unbelievable how many yeah. trophies he has and nominations he has. It's unbelievable. Um, and to go for O'Reilly ever since he joined the Blues, and even before that, he's been in that conversation. Yeah. And it I, seems to be the theme with this award is that it's the two of them and then another guy who kind of, like, surprises you. But that's what it is with Southie is you build that reputation as a two-way forward. Being one of, in this conversation makes you one of the best and most valuable players in hockey. So good for all three of those guys. Uh, I'm going to go with Bergeron because I don't – I mean, I don't think there's I don't know ever going to pick, you know? I yeah, don't I don't think there's ever going to be a time where Bergeron loses until he retires. Yeah. I think he's won like four out of five. Let's hope so. Norris Trophy, no surprises here. John Carlson, Victor Hedman, Roman Yossi. Hedman not really in the conversation. Yossi only kind of in the conversation. There are people who are picking him to win just because Carlson started off with fireworks. He had one of the best starts to the season of any defenseman that I can remember as Matt shoves the eagle in our face. Um, I'm still going to go with Carlson. People are picking Yossi because he – people are saying he was the backbone of a struggling team and who pushed got pushed into the playoffs, but I think it's still Carlson. Um, I, we're going we're gonna to post the – the speaker view of the video. So here you go. This is what I was doing to Christian as he was trying to pay attention. Um, John Carlson. Wow. What a season he's had earlier in the season when we were together, we could, me and Christian were in the same room. We can argue to each other better. I, I made the argument that Carlson could win the heart trophy and Christian got so mad at me. Um, I, if you, don't give it to Carlson. I'm not watching hockey ever again. Okay. That's my okay. hot thing. Hart Trophy is the same as the Ted Lindsay, but I think the winner of this trophy is far more predictable. You never really know how the PA is going to vote. Cause yep. like, like we just talked about with the Selkie, that's a reputation thing. There are things that go on with the players, obviously, that we don't know about. 
I've never played hockey against Leon Draisaitl, Nathan McKinnon, Artemi Panarin. I don't know about you, Matt, but I, I think it's safe to assume that you haven't either. So that no. award as, as far as a gel. You don't know how they're gonna you don't know how hard it is to play against those guys, so you don't know who how they're gonna vote. Hart trophy, it's just guys like us who somehow lucked into getting a job into being a journalist for the NHL and they just decide who they think is the winner. So usually you can tell who's gonna win that trophy beforehand. I think it's so obvious, as obvious as it's ever been, Leon Dreisaitl. Yeah, I think it's like last year it was it was the argument was it's not even close because Kucherov has 130 points. Yeah. Uh, I think this year is even more decisive because the argument against Kucherov last year was that's the only argument you can make is he has 130 points. Like he, he knows how to show up on the stat sheet, but is he the best player? Um, and the also was people could take away from him that he plays with Sam Coast and exactly. on the best, one of the best teams of all time. And that is not even close to the case with Dreisaitl. He did it in a vacuum, basically. He plays with Connor McDavid on the power play, but they're both centermen. They don't play with each other as much. And that, they play maybe five minutes with each other every night. That is the mind-blowing statistic, uh-huh. is that he does not play with the best player in the league. Um, and th- so going back to the Ted Lindsay, everybody, it's pretty much unanimous that the best player in the league is Connor McDavid. And the reason I say that is because the people who play against him night after night say that. Um, Ted, McDavid's won, I think, one heart and has like three Ted Lindsay's. So right. I, th- I think the heart is not even close. It's Dreisaitl. Um, I think the Ted Lindsay is going to be Dreisaitl. But again, like you said, you never know. Um, you don't. So. I could see McKinnon winning that one. I don't see Panarin either winning either. Um, but I guess I could see McKinnon winning it just because I mean, he's so unbelievable. People yeah. say he's the most elusive skater they've ever played against. Just hearing, like like you said, night after night people say about McDavid that he's the best player they've ever seen. Same goes for McKinnon. Just He's got that short stride. He can sneak up on you, and he, he just, he's just a burn. That's all I can say. And that wrister is on its back. Uh-huh. It's, it's something to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, Rangers fans. Panarin shouldn't even be in this conversation. It's a two, it's a two horse race. Um, he got overpaid. So, yeah. Yeah. Gonna... So I'm not going to say I'm upset that Pasternak was not in either of those conversations. Um, though it makes sense. Nobody would have expected Ovechkin to be in the conversation for either of these awards. Yep. And he scored just as many goals as Pasternak did. So there's really no reason to vote. Pucks are not going if you're not going to put Ovi in. I don't know what Ovi's assist levels are at. I would assume they're probably not as high as Pasta's, but I could be wrong about that. No, you're right. But either way, I'm not. I'm not as. I'm not upset about that. I'm a I'm, little bit offended on his on his behalf, but I didn't think he was going to win it. So you know. Well, what I, what's the argument? Like, what, is it is it arbitrary or is it statistics? Like when you're picking finalists for the heart, because face value pasta was a better player this year right you're Uh, right so i guess what i can see just you know at first glance is pasta like you said plays on the best line in hockey and panarin plays for a team that was on the bubble and he was still able to do what he what he did yeah yeah but and and last year what patrick came was a finalist and that was the argument for him is he did it that 
out of the three finalists, like he had the best season out of all of them, but his numbers weren't there because he was on an underperforming. I mean, Chicago didn't even make the playoffs last year, mm-hmm. which I don't well, think there's been a hard set that has not oh. made the playoffs. To, the so. argument goes both ways, though. In, M- in the NBA, you hear it all the time. It's like, at the end of the day, what matters more is the ring. And if you play that well on a team, like people say it about Harden. It's like Harden to score 40 points a game. If they never win a championship, then he's not even in the conversation for top 30 NBA players of all time. Just because he never got the ring. And, I mean, the same goes every year with the MVP in there. It's just like, if your team doesn't win, then what would you do it for, you know? Were you the most valuable player? Did you add any value for your team? I mean, I get, I get that argument. Uh, the NBA is more of a um, popularity contest. Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree. But MLB is a better example for that. Because if we're being honest, as someone who, wa- who does watch basketball, it's LeBron every year. Yeah, um, and that and that was kind of the case, like with McDavid. Like McDavid's the best player, but it's not. He's not on the score sheet as much as Drysdale was this year. Right. right. So, it's um, like, should Mike Trout win the MVP every year in baseball? Because yes, the Angels never make the playoffs, but he's the best player. I mean, he did win the MVP last year, which is right. No, insane. he does. He does. That's what I'm saying. But and then. What's even more insane to bring it back to hockey, um, the players in the 80s, like Messier and Lemieux, they couldn't beat out Gretzky. Like, it, at some point when Gretzky's on his seventh heart trophy in a row, they're like, can we please give it to someone else? But he just so convincingly was the best player. Like, that's unbelievable that he wins eight. Yeah. Heart trophies in a row and nine out of ten. There goes our uh, habitual mention of Gretzky being the, one of the, the greatest athletes of all time. You got to throw him in there. We to, we, yeah, we have to say it every episode, so we yep. got it in this time. Because the fact that he has like 57 NHL records cannot be stated enough. He has the record for the most records. That's what I said the other night. I was talking about, um, we we're talking, me and my brother were talking about if Ovi's going to catch him. And then that coronavirus is Batman and Gretzky's plan to keep Ovi from getting 890. Yeah, yeah that's then, what it all is. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? Gretzky can give up one record. He has like 100. Uh-huh. He says all the time, he's like, he's like, yeah, um, I have the most goals of all time, and no one ever thought that I was a goal scorer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so um, funny. That's how you know. I, and he's said it on record multiple times. He thinks that Ovechkin is the only one that's ever going to get close, and I and I concur. I agree. Yeah, I mean the league's moving away from that. You need you need three solid lines to win a championship now. Yeah, and it's starting to get to the point where you need four solid lines to win a championship because the game is so fast. So you're never going to get a guy who plays 30 minutes a night and is able to put two goals away every night. It's never going to happen again. Nope. Ovechkin's the greatest goal scorer of all time. I, clearly, I'm biased, and we've talked about this a million times. And our listeners are probably like, shut up about it already. But again, that's that's something that can't be overstated. Is nine Rocket Richard trophies, nine separate years he led the league in scoring in a game where they are making it harder to score, and he's still putting up fifty every year. 
is, uh, I mean, no one scores 50 anymore. Except Ovechkin. I mean, Pasta put 48, and I'm, Pasta's what, 22? So, yeah, 20, very, I'm pa- very interested to see how Pasta uh, goes for an encore next year because he's exciting to watch as well. But for Ovechkin to score 48 in a shortened season in his 15th season in the league, yeah, um, I mean, the guy's unbelievable. But, I mean, they're similar players if you watch them. Just the lethal one-timer, great snapshot. Scores a bunch on the power play. I mean, they're very, very similar. Yeah, yeah, score, exactly. They score by being a scorer. So. Pasta, I mean, Pasta's definitely, I, I've seen um, younger Ovechkin because he's, he's electric to watch. And, and Ovi came in in 05, 06 and just was lighting it up. And that's what Pasta did this year. So Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I'm excited. Play, All right. Develop. Okay, let's move on. We spent a lot of time on that. It's so. fine. Okay, exhibition games are done. We got a few notes on those, but the biggest note is that the season starts tomorrow, today being Friday when we record this. Saturday, August 1st is the first day of real hockey again. Oh, my and gosh. Getting, and we're getting, getting six games. I'm literally getting goosebumps. I know. I'm shaking. Well, that's unbelievable. So I'll just give a few notes that we got from the exhibition games, and we'll just move on to our round robin from there. Can I say something real quick before you go? No. Okay. Go ahead. All right. Uh, the, our first Zoom call, I was like, hockey is back? And then last – not last week, the week before, I was like, hockey's back? And then I put quotations – Hockey's back, baby. Tomorrow we start. I might post this tomorrow. So today, tomorrow, Saturday, it's lit. It's the playoff hockey is the best sport. It's the best spectacle other than the World Cup. I mean, oh, Wait, my what? gosh. What? The World Cup's better. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. I'm going to have to kick you off the Zoom and do the Once right every four years. All right, whatever. We can argue about that on the Beer Money Sports Podcast. Okay. Um, but – Playoff hockey, it's the most exciting. Uh, every bounce of the puck matters. Every shift matters. I mean, you got defensemen playing 33 minutes. Um, I think Eric Carlson in 2016 averaged 34, which is yep. unbelievable. Um, everything is amplified thousandfold. Um, mm-hmm. Playoff hockey, it's back. I'm pumped. Sorry, there, there was my little... Not to mention, these, these qualifying rounds are going to be as intense, but more sloppy, probably more physical, because people are raring to go. I mean, who knows what's going to happen? You talk about bounces. Bounces are going to be extremely important. I mean, there's going to be so many giveaways, so many big hits. You know, there's not, not going to be mention, beautiful plays like there would be. Qualifying rounds, best of five. So you, ha- you have to have less mistakes in... You only have one warm-up game, so there's going to be more mistakes when the stakes are higher. It's it's yeah, crazy. I mean, I watch I watched a lot of those exhibition games, and they were sloppy. Yep, they were very very sloppy, and it's it's fun to watch as like a huge hockey fan that I am. It's a little bit unsettling. Like my anxiety goes a little bit up. I'm sure my heart will beat a little bit faster, and not just because of the nerves, but you know when passes can't be completed and you still need every single bounce to go your way to win a game. 
who knows how this is going to go. It's going to be so interesting. There's never been anything like this before. Both of us being fans of teams that are in the round robin, I mean, it's comforting to know that right. either of us can go 0-3 and still be in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas other teams, they lose three, they're done. But, I mean, you can't give an inch, even in the round robin, because it's seeding, it's reseeded after every round. It's, I mean, it's plus round robin's regular season overtime rules. So right. we'll get yeah. to that later. But, yeah, I'm with you. Um, my heart's pumping a little bit faster this year. Okay, a few notes before we start. Martian left last night's 4-1 to loss to Columbus with 11 minutes to go. Um, he was wincing a little bit. I think he was shaking his hand. Um, Cassidy said afterwards he doesn't think it's serious, but obviously when he does have the information, he can't let you know. So we're not going to know until we see Brad Martian standing for the national anthem on Sunday at 3 o'clock when they play. We're not going to know till then. So I guess we'll just have to figure it out. Um, John Carlson, same situation, left exhibition game early, did not return. He's expected to play Monday, as you put in there. But injuries, and injuries are not disclosed, so we're not going to know till the morning of their first game, which is probably Sunday as well. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, Sunday. A um, couple personnel notes, actually, both happen to be goalies. Darcy Kemper and Antti Ronta are both healthy and ready to go for the Coyotes. Um, Rick Tockett has said that they're going to split time, and they did so in the exhibition game, and he said you'll see both of them in the qualifying round. So they're still figuring out who to play. That tells me that Kemper is either not playing as well as he should or he is still dealing with something. He's not 100%. Because two months ago, Kemper would have played over any goalie in the league, never mind Antti Roth. Yeah. The second goalie on his own team. Which makes me so So, sad because he was – we said it was a two-horse race. Uh, for the Vesna, he was winning that race mm. um, until yeah. he got hurt. So I, I'm, I hope it's just, um, it, it's, it's getting the bugs off and and shit getting loose. Uh, I hope mm. he's, I hope he wins the job and and plays well. Because if he's, too. he's on, Arizona's gonna make a run. And, I mean, right away, you know that Pocket has to prioritize winning. He's saying that because he believes that playing both of them is the best chance for his team to win. Yep. Um, because you have no, there's no mind games going on. You can't play with it. It's not like starting a season with your backup goalie because your starting goalie didn't have a good camp. This is, you win, you lose the first game of the series, you're in a deep, deep hole. That would be <laughs> very difficult to climb out of. And your season could be over just like that if you don't. So, I mean, we're going to see. You essentially have three games to get it right. Uh, because the exhibition exactly. games, like you said, were sloppy. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Other goalie news for Columbus, Jonas Corposalo and Elvis Merzlikens are also both healthy, and no decisions have been made clear by Tortorella. Obviously, if he can ever not give the media anything, he's going to. So we're not going to know until as late as we could possibly know with Tortorella. But Corposalo did start the exhibition game. Merzlikens came in almost exactly halfway through. He played 30 minutes and six seconds or something like that in the game. Um, Merzlikens, as you remember, people were putting him in the race for the Calder. He didn't end up being a finalist because he only played like a month or two, but he was unbelievable in that second half of the season when Corpusala went down. So I don't envy Tortorella because Corpusala was just as good as Merzlikens in the beginning of the season. 
I don't, I don't envy him at all making this decision. It's going to be so hard. Um, Columbus, we trash Columbus. Uh, yeah. We said, and I said this multiple times. Me and you both were like, "Them Ottawa loser goes to the AHL." Corpus Allo said, "You know what, guys? Watch this." He started them off hot. They even led the division at one point. Yeah. Uh, he goes down, and me and you, again, we're like, well, they're done because Corpus Allo was keeping them in it. Whereas Leakins comes in and says, hey, guys, watch this. Um, so they're in the playoffs because of the new format, but with 12 games to go and how close the Metro was, anything was possible, um, and I, you couldn't have put it any better. I do not envy John Tortorella, but he's, he's going to be a Hall of Fame coach. He, he will make the right decision. Absolutely. Yeah, he's up for another coach of the year this year, and I would expect him to win it. So, yeah. I mean, if anybody I were to trust with that decision, I guess it's him, but yeah. I, I don't, I mean, one to make. I hate playing against him because he his IQ for hockey is through the roof. Um, he's so likable, too, just as a hockey fan. We've all thought the thoughts that he says over the microphone all the time, you know? Well, so you, li- you like to hate him because he like, yeah. plays a really good villain. That's why you don't want to play him. But at face value, yeah. he's hilarious. Um, if I were in his shoes, I would probably be the same way. So, he, yeah, he's very relatable. And, uh, again, I think he deserves the, the Coach of the Year award. And I've said – I sat next to his daughter at one of the games when we played them in the playoffs, and she is just as hot-headed as he is. It was hilarious, just because my dad really got on our nerves. So I was, I was friendly to her. I was nice to her. But my dad was just like, "Yeah, they better win this series because they're going to be done if, if not, because everybody's leaving. Who wants to stay in Columbus?" And little did he know that whatever her name, Tortorella, is sitting right next to us, and she was not happy with what he said. So I'll leave it at that. <laughs> it was a fun night, to be honest with you. And my dad still talks about it today. Uh, just as far as – this has nothing to do with the exhibition games, but this is just an interesting factoid that I heard during the one of the exhibition games. I forget who said it, but all statistics from this point forward will count as postseason stats. It's unclear whether or not the qualifying and round-robin will be differentiated from the playoff stats. Like, say someone breaks a goal record and it – like they're counting it as all postseason stats. Do they take it from the first round forward, or do they take it from qualifying forward? You know, I don't know how that works. I don't. I don't know how they can in the round robin because it's five minutes of overtime, three on three, then a shootout. Right. Like, if you if you're going for the overtime playoff goal record, like game winners, you you want it in a shootout though. So. Uh, that's not really what I do know. Yeah, you're right. And not to mention that they'll probably be playing different amounts of games. I mean, top four seeds play a three games tops in, I mean, not tops, but like that they play three games. Definitely. And that's it. Yeah. And that's it. And it's three game minimum for everyone else. So they're probably going to have a different amount of games when it's all said and done the leaders. I do know that the consummate is being chosen from tomorrow forward. So qualifying okay. and round robin all count towards the con Smythe winner, which is interesting. Oh. I like it because it just they're all in the same boat basically. I don't like if they decide to use statistics 
for, you know, getting three bonus games to add to your total to break some records. I don't like that. Well, the, the devil's advocate is it's, it's the same because if I, if the Caps sweep in the first round and y'all go seven games, you have more games. Yeah. So yeah, that's a good point. I, I so it's, and it's always up to chance. Yeah. Ask anybody that plays in the playoffs, they would rather have less games. So, um, and the con life is a joke anyway. Okay. It should have went, <laughs> went to Bennington last year. I'm still salty about it. Yeah, no, I agree. That was dumb. Anyway, but, I just feel like the con smite goes to the wrong guy, like every year. It does. It does. So, yeah, yeah that's, that, that's why I came out with that bold take. But well, watch the night that the Cubs handed out. You're going to be like, Consmite's going to this guy. And then it goes to someone else. And you're sitting there going, how? Yeah. So, anyway. Yep, I'll agree with you on that one. Okay, it's time to get our predictions in. We're going to make these as quick as we can. But let's start with the round robin. We're just going to go over real quick. Each team plays three games against the three other top four seeds in their conference for the West in order of point percentage. It's St. Louis, Colorado, Vegas, and Edmonton in the East. Boston, Tampa, Washington, Philadelphia. Let's hear it, Matt. Let's start with the West. Name your one through four seeds in the end. You don't have to name their record. All right, West. Let me. Sorry, I'm writing down numbers so I can we can keep track of this. All right, West numbers in order. God, that's so tough. Um, I'm keeping it the same. Uh, St. Louis 1, Colorado 2, Vegas 3, Edmonton 4. I think St. Louis played horrible against the Blackhawks, but I think they're still the champs, 1. And 2, I I think you say they're not going to lead their division at all this year, only one day, and then they end up being the number one seed in the West. I think I just want that to happen to spite you, but okay. I, I think that's that's the case. I think they're going to stay the same. Okay, fair enough. I think that's safe. I'm going to switch it around. I'm going to say Colorado, St. Louis, Edmonton, Vegas. All right. No explanation. That's just what I got. Okay. What about the East, Matt? Let's hear it. The East. Um... <sighs> It's hard not to pick Tampa at one the way they played. I know, I know, I know you're not reading too much into exhibition, but the stars came out for Tampa, and they played unbelievable. Um, out of all the hockey I watched, and I watched a lot, Tampa to me seemed like the team that had it. They were the most ready. Um, I don't know if they were completely ready, but five nothing looks pretty ready. So I'm gonna go Tampa. Boston, Washington, Phil. I'm just going to switch one and two. Okay. All right, fair. This one is so hard to me because I don't see any of these teams losing more than one game. Yeah, That can't fair. happen. That can't happen. So just in the interest of the tiebreaker going to the higher seed, I'm going to keep Boston and Tampa Bay as one and two. Okay. And you're not going to like this, but I'm going to put Philly above Washington. And here's my reasoning. I'd want to give them a little credit because I feel like they're the most slept on team out here in the power rankings. They were put at number eight of 24 teams. 
and I think they're top five. And I want to give them credit in any way that I can. I think that Philadelphia was the hottest team in the league when they came out. They have a veteran team. I am excited to watch them, and I want to give them a little credit. So I'm going to put them as the three seed. Wow. Yeah. Um, but this right. is the hardest one to predict. This is the hardest one to predict. No, Carter Hart, um, he played great against Pittsburgh. Uh, that's a tough game to start, like even exhibition. I mean, I, our picks, it's, it's hockey. So I could, I could sit here and scold you, but you're probably right. I mean, St. Louis was dead last January 1st last year. They won the cup. So literally nobody knows, which is crazy. Yeah, I don't see – like I said, I don't see any of these teams losing more than once. I and mean, it's going to happen. I just don't – because that can't happen. Two and one, all of them is impossible. Yeah. But I just don't – you know, it's impossible to say. I, either one of them can finish first. I could see any of these teams winning all three. And, I you know, that's it. I agree with you. Okay, qualifying round. Let's go one team at a one series at a time. We're going to start in the West with the five versus twelve matchup, which is basically for qualifying round the one versus eight. You know. Yep. Um, Oilers versus Blackhawks. The Blackhawks are underdogs at plus one fifty five. Oilers favored at minus one seventy five. Uh, let's hear it in how many games? And you, before we start, are going to keep track of this. Right, so that yeah, we can I, go back and roast each other afterwards if we're dead yeah, wrong. So I'm gonna I'm gonna have to rewatch this to keep track because I I lost I was writing mine and you rattled off your West and I was like oh crap so but yeah, yes okay I can remember mine so you're good I'll let you uh, okay you're starting first in the East though because the East is harder um okay. <laughs> uh, minus one seventy five look I I don't want to say I'm a betting man but I am. Um, I, I really can't afford to be a better, but I am. Um, I, you know, I would, that makes it sound worse than it is. You put it I know, what, on a night. No, 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 no. I put like $50 a month and that's like the yeah. max. Um, yeah. I'm not Michael Jordan out here, but I, it's the NHL playoffs, So I am going to bet. Um, I don't know if I can say that on camera anyway. Um, I want to bet the Blackhawks so bad because this one is hard. Bad. I know this that's good odds, hard. and they played unbelievable in their exhibition yeah. game. It's but. okay odds for a five or twelve. I'd say it's, it's okay odds. You know, for Blackhawks versus Oilers, I say it's good odds. But like just looking at it as the best oh. team playing the worst team, that plus one fifty five is not a good bet. No, I get it, but I'm gonna, I'm going to go with the Oilers, and I say in four. I think I, I as much as we talk about McDavid. Playoff McDavid is going to be something to watch. He was unbelievable in the exhibition game. I said it to my friends. It was Connor McDavid versus high school hockey. I mean, he was faster than everybody. His puck handling was better. His wrist shot was still there. Um, he's going to be the best player on the ice, and I don't think it's close. And that's including the Hart Trophy winner. So I got yep, the Oilers, okay. Oilers in four. All right, in the interest of disagreeing, I'm going to say Oilers in five, but I'm with you on everything you just said. Okay. I think the Hawks have a lot of veterans, and that's what they're going to lean on now is guys, just professionalism, staying in shape in the offseason, offseason, I say in quotes. Um, so the Blackhawks are going to come out firing. 
but I think the Oilers win. They have two of the top five players in hockey, so. Two of the top three. Yeah, really. Um, yeah. Okay, all next right. series, you're going first for all the West, and I'll go first for all the East. Okay, yeah. okay go ahead. Uh, I thought you were going to lay it out for me. Okay, Predators are the sixth seed against the Coyotes' 11th seed. Predators are favored at minus 135. Coyotes are plus 15. Um, this one's tough. If Darcy Kemper's healthy, I'm going with the Coyotes with the upset. Um, I just, on paper, the Predators played great. Watching them, but they don't look that good, uh, yeah. to be honest. I mean... I'm going Coyotes in five. I go Arizona with the upset. I think Darcy Kemper is healthy, and I think he plays really well, and I'm putting money on this one. So okay. Coyotes in five. Okay. I'm going to say Preds in five. Um, Luca, the goalie for mm-hmm. Clemson, because him and Badger split time. Luca, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Okay? <laughs> He's a diehard Preds fan. Okay. I'm going to say present five. Uh, the indecisiveness between Kemper and Ronta tells me that they're going to try to play Kemper when he really shouldn't be playing. Okay. Um, so I'm going to go with the Preds in five. Um, I do want to point out the Preds have Pecorine, who is another all-time great. But mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Next series, Canucks, the seven seed against the Wild, the 10 seed. Canucks are favored at minus 125. The Wild, basically a pick on plus 105. Uh, Vancouver in four. Um, okay. The Wild, unfortunately, they never impress me, regardless of how good they're playing, <laughs> uh, which it sounds bad, but they're just – I don't think they're destined to win. Um, that's going to be the – I'm going to get on Barstool for freezing cold takes because they're going to win the cup now. But I, I got Vancouver in four. I think Quinn Hughes is going to be the best player in this series, and I think Vancouver has enough talent to get it done. Okay. I don't mean to keep riding the favorite, but I'm going to go with the Canucks as well. Uh, I'll say in four. Okay. The Wild, four. when they made some trades at the deadline, I was – the first to say that I think they're packing it in. They had some coaching issues this year, whatever. Um, and they surprised me by getting in. I think that don't bet the wild because they should have better odds than plus one Oh five. Definitely don't bet them. And I'm still going to pick the connect. Yep. I agree with you. Okay. Last year, which means, which means the wild, the wild are going to sweep because we both picked Vancouver. Yeah, right. Exactly. Okay, last series in the West is the eight versus nine Flames. As the eight, they're minus one thirty against the Jets at plus one ten. Go ahead, Connor. How you buck? Um, up for the Vesna underrated goalie, which is crazy because he's so freaking good. Um, you got to have good goaltending to win the cup. Um, I think Patrick Line, playoff Patrick Line shows back up. That first line is unbelievable with Shifley, Wheeler, and Line when they're all playing well. On the other side, you got Johnny Hockey, you got Kachuk, you have the reigning uh, Norris Trophy winner, Mark Giordano. But 
who was the – I'm blanking on the guy's name. He's not playing for Calgary, and it's a, it's a big name. Um, oh, my God. Oh, yes, 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 the opt-out. He opt-out, and he's like their number two defenseman, and I don't know why. I just – my brain went dead, and I'm hamming it. He's unbelievable for them. That's such a big loss. And Calgary's Calgary's, uh, goalie situation is iffy to me. Um. So I'm I'm going the Jets in four as the as the underdog. I say Jets in five. Everything you okay. just said, I think Hello Bucks are unreal. They have that high flying first line. If they don't score, their secondary scoring is their only issue. Uh, it's probably the reason why they aren't higher in the standings. Um, so if that first line doesn't get going, and as right now is what what makes it so hard to pick. Hockey's always hard to pick, but even now makes it even harder because you have no idea what guys are ready to go and what guys aren't. Yep. But if they are ready to go, I don't give the Flames much of a chance. But if they don't get the scoring done, um, they don't have much of a chance. So that's all it hangs on, but I'm going to go with them, the Jets. Jets in how many games? Five games. I'm, I, I'm, I'm switching. I'm going Jets in five. I think Calgary has enough talent to win a couple games, but I think the Jets end up getting it done. So. And I'm going to say that that's the best series. Okay. That's going to be low-scoring physical series. That's what I Well, say. you had the Oilers in five, right? Yeah. That would be a good one, too. That would yeah. be a good one, too. But that's a diff- both different teams. The Flames and Jets are not – I mean, the Flames have that Kachuk identity. And the Jets, you know, they have that scoring identity. But Shifley and Wheeler are both big guys who can lumber it or who can throw the weight around. So. Yeah. Uh, they're that those are some physical teams going at each other, and the Oilers and Blackhawks are—I don't want to say not physical, but it's the opposite. They're both the both flowing teams, you know. Yep. Yeah. So um, two good series in different ways. That's what I say. I'm gonna I'm gonna call you after this so I can make sure we we're held accountable. Um, okay. Now the, I'm gonna throw you a curveball. Um, who comes out of the West? Out of all those teams. Because we even Who's did round two. Who's in the finals? Dude, that's so hard. Uh, and we, we will – this isn't – I'm not writing this down. Just okay. right now, face okay. value. Um, and we will pit – we will – once the first round is over, play in and round robin, we'll fill out our entire bracket and we're held yeah. accountable. And I like that. But right now, uh, we have a round to figure out who's in. But based off what you saw exhibition games – Regular season, everything included. Who's out of the West? Out of the West is Colorado. Oh God. Who 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 was your cup pick both teams when the season started? Do you remember? No. It was Boston. It might have been Colorado. No, no Dallas. It was Dallas. Dallas. Uh-huh. Who's not even in the I playoffs. like that still. I like that still. <laughs> Where are the stars? I don't know. Where are they, literally? They're at home. Oh, you know what? I They're a top four. Are they? I Edmonton in here before. I can't believe we messed that up so bad. Chilling oh, my God. Right now. Dallas is in the top four. What? How did we do that? All right. I don't um, know, but I use them. I, I'm going to say I use them interchangeably. Um. 
So for my first pick, I still love Dallas. So as much so, as I love Edmonton, so. So you're, but you're, as of right now, you're switching to Colorado. What are you gonna? Are you sticking with Boston? I'm Dallas? for my picks in the round robin tournament. I'm gonna use Edmonton and Dallas interchangeably. No, 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 me too. Because I, I have the West the same. Okay, I'm gonna stick with Colorado right now, but I still do like the Dallas pick. I do. All right, who's coming out of the East? Boston? Yeah. Okay. I'm keeping my – you remember my cup at the beginning of the season? Washington, Colorado. Washington, Colorado, and I'm sticking with it. keep it? Still good. Yeah. It's still, it holds up. Yep. All right. Let's sorry. get to the East. Let's yep. wrap this up. Jeez, do you have Five, a date or something? Penguins. No. Just uh, let how me, long have we been going? You're going first, right? Let me let me lay it out for you. Yeah, you lay it out. Um, Penguins five, Canadians twelve. Um, Penguins are minus two thirty five favorites. Canadians are the plus one ninety five underdogs. Go. Uh, so Canadians really had to fight to get into what we thought was going to be the playoffs. They were in for, I mean, I mean, we were calling them dead before. In March, the last couple of weeks of March, we called them dead. Yep. And they luck into this situation. I mean, you don't want to say that the pandemic is lucky for anybody, but in a way for them, it is. They get in. Um, don't even bother betting on the Penguins win in three. It's my only sweep. Penguins win in three? It's my only sweep of the first round. So you're saying don't even bother on them, but you're saying it's a guarantee. Don't even bother betting the Canadians. Oh, okay. Just with how good their, how good their line is. Not even worth it. Don't even um, oh, wow. Um, I'm going to go Penguins, unfortunately. Um, I'm going to go Penguins in four. I think the Canadians, yeah. they, they squeak out one maybe in overtime, but I, the Penguins had too much talent. Um, yeah, I got Penguins in four. Okay. Um, number six, Hurricanes against the number 11 Rangers. Uh, Hurricanes are a minus 135 favorite. Rangers are plus 115 underdog. I got the Rangers in this one. Because oh. the same reason I love Philly is the Rangers were hot on the way in. They were going to have to fight their way in, and they were on the verge of doing it. Uh, plus 115, hammer it. I say the Rangers beat the Hurricanes. How many games? Five. Five. Okay, I, I do want to point this out. There were two teams in the entire NHL that voted no to the current plan. Yeah. Tampa Bay and Carolina. And you know why Carolina said no? Because they yep. didn't want to play the Rangers. Exactly. And the Rangers winning this game or winning this series. Um, I say sweep. I say the oh, Rangers. No sweep. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, The Canes are are limping. The Canes are limping. Every team is healthy except for them. They're they're without Dougie Hamilton. Rangers by sweep is plus 550. Bet it. How much putting on on it? 10 bucks on it? Yeah, baby. That's 65 payout. All right. All right. Let's do the next one. All right. Islanders, uh, seven seed against the 10 seed Panthers. Islanders are the minus 120 favorite. Uh, the Panthers are plus 100, even underdog. Okay. Unequivocally, in the last two weeks of the season, the Islanders were the worst team in hockey, including everybody who didn't make it. 
I think that's an objective fact. I think they Horrible lost seven skin. games in a row. Horrible I think skin. they lost seven games in a row or something like that. Yeah. After what's the name? Jean Gabriel Pajot came in and did nothing. I'm not blaming it on him. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. That was... What happened after the deadline is they took the biggest skid all year of any yeah. team. So, and then Panthers on the opposite side of that were fighting the entire way. They were hot and cold. They went in good streaks, bad streaks. Uh, I love the Panthers just because of the guys that are there. But in the interest of me, you know, not saying who I like, you know, not going with who I like all the time because that gets me in trouble. I'm going to say that the Islanders are going to win this one in five. Okay. Yeah. Um, not a bad pick. The Panthers, uh, Joel Quinville, who I think is like the number two all-time winning coach mm-hmm. uh, ever. Um, Bob Roski as their goalie. Keith Yandel, the, the guy who got teeth knocked out earlier in the season, came the back. Milton in the Mass native. Um, we, we love us some Keith Yandel. Yeah, we do. The Islanders, the way they play in the exhibition game, they got a one-goal lead and park the bus. Uh, that's the way That's the way Barry Trotz plays. He likes to get a small lead and play defensive, and they're super bowl comfortable. They're super comfortable that way. I got the Islanders in four. I think their defense is too good. And if Tomas Rice is on, he's top five goalie, So, which is, hot, which is a hot take, but his numbers say otherwise. All right, I like it. I like it. All right, the final one matchup in the East. The Maple Leafs, the eighth seed against the number nine seed Blue Jackets. Uh, The Maple Leafs are minus 165 favorite, and the Blue Jackets are plus 145 underdog. Which is a good line for a nine seed. Yeah. So I'm going to preface this by saying bet the Blue Jackets, but I think the Leafs win in four because they have to win. From an organizational standpoint, they need to get something for their money this year because they have, I mean, they're under the cap by like $8 or something like that. They are paying so much money and they got nothing next year. So these guys should be motivated like Matthews, Marner, these guys who are about to hit their prime and are going to have at least three years of rebuild after this. I mean, they have a good core. Let's not diminish that, but they literally might not have enough players to field a hockey team next year. They're going to have to pay guys like fifty dollars because they pay me and you will play and Tavares so much. Yeah, I'll, I'll play D. I'll be your seventh defenseman. Um, but yeah, they have no D coming up next year. A bunch of guys going to free agency with no money to pay them. They need to win now, and I think they're going to at least for the first round. So I th- I say the Leafs at four. Uh, everything you said is spot on. The Leafs don't have enough money to go buy a four for four at Wendy's. Um, but everybody, everybody counted out the Blue Jacks last year and they swept the number one, the President's Trophy winner. Um, they don't have the same amount of talent, but I'm not saying count them out. With all that being said, I got the, I got the Maple Leafs in five. I think they have too much talent. Um, at the end of the day, and like you said, they, they just want it more because they, they need it. They need – they cannot afford another first-round exit uh, from every standpoint that you can think of for an organization to keep going. Uh, yep. A first-round exit for the host city would be horrible. Um, yeah, it would be tough. be a tough look. For the front office. So, All right, Matt. Uh, 
Uh, last thoughts is I want to apologize because we left Dallas out of the top four. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe we did that. I mean, that's my fault. I wrote the script. So. Um, now I'm pissed off. Like I'm, I'm looking at the the West and going, "Wow, the top Dallas is in the top four. They have Ben Bishop." Yeah, I know. I can't believe we looked past. I mean, we didn't even really talk about the round robin, so I feel okay about it. But. Yeah. Um, so, so here, here on out, just logistics standpoint, we're doing one show a week because we got a lot, a lot to talk about. So hopefully, yep. early next week we can come at you. Um, I mean, a lot of this is going to be close to done by then. It's going to happen so quick. So, you know, we got to get out just content just as fast as the NHL is going to do it. So we're going to. Uh, I, I can now. I cannot even believe we didn't put this in the script. We should not be a hockey podcast. We have to talk about this. The Seattle Kraken. Oh my god! How do we leave this out? I don't know. Seattle announced their name. That. It's the Kraken that we, Which me we were pulling for. Me and you both wanted. Uh, their jerseys are unbelievable, and I I I want to get one. Um, Me too. The logo is so good. I'm yeah. definitely getting the hat. Definitely getting the hat. The the oh, shoulder patch logo is a space needle that goes into an anchor on the shoulder, which is just awesome. Whoever came up with that needs a raise. Um, Both of them, and then the Kraken is just an S with like a little tail coming in, and then the and that the eye. The eye. And the colors are beautiful. They blend so well together. Um, a, a plus plus on on yeah. Seattle picking the team, colors of the jersey, the logo, everything. Uh, and right up our alley, fire. Yes, right up our alley. The marketing has been unbelievable so far. So so good. Twitter's been awesome. Every video they put out is must watch. Yeah, I mean, they're doing an awesome job. Model for us us to try to learn. I mean social media director of a franchise that is starting is like dream. Vegas, Vegas set the bar. I think Seattle so far is doing a better job. I agree. The reveal was so well-timed and well done. Everybody's yep. getting jacked up about it. And we're going to see them in, what is it now? They'll be getting ready to go in a year from now. June of next year, June of 21 is the expansion draft. It's going to be insane. So by now we're going to know exactly who's, going to wear the Seattle Kraken jersey for the first time. So 365 days from now, cannot wait. But the we're number not going to the playoffs. The number one selling team on Fanatics across every league in America is the Seattle Kraken. Seattle's a hockey town. They don't have a, even have a team yet. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm pumped. Uh, we got, I'm glad you brought that up, and I'm glad we got some something in on that. Yeah, I think – Whenever Cavs player goes, I'll probably get that jersey just to have. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you have to. Anyway, sorry. All I mean, right. I, I'm not sorry because I definitely needed to point that out. But All Anything right, else? That's it for us today. No, I got nothing else. What about you? Um, shout out, Zach, our sub- subscribed streamer. Go follow him on Twitter. <laughs> Um, shout out to both of our parents for supporting us. We, I feel bad yeah, that we, thank you so much, we don't man. give them uh, enough credit. Bo- both we'll get your money's worth right soon. Yeah. We'll get your money's uh, right soon. So thanks for birthing us, but also supporting our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. That's it. Go Tigers. Go Caps. Um, we'll keep you all posted on our Twitter about a, what, a stream companion about the Caps Bruins game next Sunday. Yeah, we got to do that for sure. Uh, 
uh, we'll figure it out. But until next week, I'm pumped. Hockey's back. We'll see y'all later. Peace. Peace.